This is the Bartholomew Town Podcast. And welcome into the Bartholomew Town Podcast. I'm Bill Bartholomew. Always a pleasure to spend some time together here on the pod. New episodes every Tuesday and Thursday and whenever breaking news happens. And of course, now on Saturdays at 3 p.m. on WPRO. Okay, today we welcome in someone who is no stranger to the B-Town audience, Representative Marcia Ranklin-Vassell, to discuss what she describes as her number one priority this legislative session, and that is passing the Trauma-Informed Schools Act centering around children's mental health. And this is something that is obviously, in general, very critical, but in the context of emerging from the pandemic and everything we've been through, all of us really, over the last couple of years, but especially school kids, man, this is front and center. So it's a, it's a, it's a passion project for the rep, and it's something that I think elevates a major, major concern that is apolitical, right? I mean, there, there's going to be a political debate of, well, you shouldn't have had the masks on this long, or oh, we should have been um, in, in distance learning for longer, whatever it is. There's going to be certain arguments that, that people will make, some of which are salient, some of which are absolutely ridiculous. But at the end of the day, there's no question that focusing on mental health, broadly speaking, is something societally that I think we're doing a better job on, but we're nowhere near where we need to be. And in the context of children, and you know everything that's occurred over the last few years, I mean, we won't really know the impact of COVID-19 from a mental health standpoint, fully anyway, for a while. So getting ahead of that and trying to install the correct um, opportunities and, and, and resources for children is something that I certainly support. And I think most, most people would, regardless of your political party or anything like that. I mean, come on, let's be real. So Always a pleasure to have uh, Rep. Wranglin Vassal here on the podcast, and uh, again, always a pleasure to have you on board as well. Really appreciate your support. Um, we are ramping up towards what I would describe as the heart of election season, because we have this weird thing in Rhode Island, right, where our primaries take place in September, you know what I mean, right on the heels of our summer season, especially July and August, where, you know, the old saying, you can fire a cannon in the state house in July or August, and no one would notice by and large, people are tuning out and shifting their attention to enjoying themselves more than worrying about politics, right, in terms of July and August. So as such, I think that the next month, May, and even June, for sure, um, that's really where you're going to see the big money spends from some of the candidates in the gubernatorial race and the congressional race, so on and so forth, in terms of television, radio, and, and otherwise getting out in front of people from a marketing standpoint. And as a consumer, as a voter, you know, this is probably a good moment to start paying attention at a greater level of interest or with a greater level of interest because, again, you kind of form, formulate your ideas and your opinions on candidates, and then that kind of gets carried through the summer, and things change, and certainly, you know, it's not like everybody's tuned out in July and August, but we have this little bit of a gap um, before a big rush to primary day that takes place after Labor Day. You know what I mean? So it's just like we're starting to ramp up. Um, we have a lot of guests scheduled who are candidates, people who have not been on the pod yet, some first-timers. That'll be really exciting. Um, we've got guests in the gubernatorial race, the congressional race, the Providence mayoral race, and beyond. So uh, the lieutenant governor's race. So a lot coming up here and kind of getting back to our, our roots, back to basics here on B-Town in, in the next couple of weeks, you'll start to notice that. And in addition to the variety of content that I've tried to provide this year in different spaces, whether you're talking about the cannabis space or public health innovation, all that stuff I've tried to like, you know, even the arts, to be honest, I've, I've tried to ramp it up a little bit ahead of the political season. 
But guess what? We are about to head back to our bread and butter here on B-Town and uh, really quadrupled down on the interviews with candidates and sort of the opinion uh, work that goes along with that. But for today, an important conversation with Rep. Marcia Wranglin-Vassell here on Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town. Bill, thank you so much for having me to talk about something that is really, really and truly close to my heart and something that I go to bed thinking about and I get up thinking about it because it's so connected to the work that I do. It's so connected to my life, um, past and present. And I'm always thinking about the kids and how we can help our students to achieve both academic and behavioral outcomes, but also about the people um, like myself who take care of these children every single day. Yes, and we're speaking um, about the trauma-informed. Well, why don't you why don't you explain to us the the bill, the the title of the bill, and yeah. what it actually give give us the full scope. I'll let, I'll put it in your your course since you are the, the this is your your passion project here. Yeah, thank you so much again. Um, so it's myself and Senator Kano on the Senate side who sponsored this bill. It's the Trauma Informed Schools Act, and what this bill seeks to do um, is to inform and to create an awareness and really to educate um, people about exactly what adverse trauma, adverse ad- adverse. Um, childhood experiences are, I'm getting my things all twisted there, (laughs) but adverse childhood experiences are resulting in trauma and the implications to teaching and learning implications for children's lives. So what this bill will do, um, if passed, and we hope that it will pass um, this year um, in both um, the Senate and the the House of Representatives, will ensure that every single person who interacts with children, understands what trauma is, what the implications are, and how they can support children in the teaching and learning environment. It also acts for um, awareness and information be given to bus drivers, bus monitors, the folks, the amazing folks who serve the lunches, administrators, principals, Um, teachers, classroom teachers and teacher assistants, every single person in that interacts with our children should one know what is trauma, what are adverse childhood experiences and the implications, what to look out for, how to to support kids compassionately um, when we interact with them in our schools across the state. And that's so important too, because you mentioned bus drivers, bus monitors, the full scope of people who children interact with. I mean, that, that makes so much sense because a lot of times you might actually interact with someone who's transporting you maybe even more than a classroom teacher on an individual basis. Absolutely. It is so important. And I want to share with you that I have been um, sponsoring this bill or version of this bill since 2017. And so we've been at this for a while. Um, The first bill I introduced was to look at the trauma that kids experience who have one or more parents incarcerated, but children who live every single day experiencing gun violence, it's in their neighborhoods, they're hearing shots. But I also wanna um, lift up and draw attention to the fact that trauma is experiencing every single zip code in, in, in Rhode Island and across the state, 
So, um, but more so in the urban areas where some of the adverse childhood experiences are um, having a loved one um, experience suicide or poverty, systemic racism, childhood hunger, and homelessness. I can tell you that this is a crisis and it's a medical and, and a public health emergency. Clearly, as well, coming out of COVID-19, that induced significant trauma for all of us in many different ways. But for students, being separated from their peers, sometimes being in, in environments where they had limited access to the internet, and just in general, the, the scary experience, that elevates this, this issue even more, I would guess. It really did. And and the isolation, right, that, that kids experience. And only yesterday I, I have, um, I read an article from um, Dr. Phyllis Rainey, and she's a pediatrician in chief and medical director over at Hasbro. And the Rhode Island pediatricians and pediatrics, um, pediatrics declared a state of emergency in child mental health here in the state of Rhode Island. But I tell you something, Bill, we, we, I see this every day in my practice as a classroom teacher. I see kids literally, um, they're falling apart. And I'm talking to my peers across the state and, and kids are just falling apart. And we do not currently have enough resources in our schools. We, we do not. We do not have enough social workers. We do not have enough psychologists, psychotherapists, and a lot of that burden um, to care for our children, believe it or not, the fallen classroom teachers like myself or, or responding to kids who are in crisis. And, and I see this every day where kids are coming to me and they're saying, Miss, I am hungry. I am homeless. I mean, I am working with a family right now. I'm back and forth since morning, just trying to access a, a place for these children to, to lay their heads and, and for them to have a home. So this bill is so, so important, especially also because some of our children and families, they experience generational trauma systemic and structural generational trauma from poverty, systemic racism, isolation, you know, food, food insecurity. What I, I really don't even like to say food insecurity. I just like to say kids are hungry. Yeah, hunger, you know? right, right. It's hunger and, and food is a basic human right because I, I, I find it troubling sometimes that we have to sanitize some words and, and I'm not sure why we have to do that to make others feel comfortable when kids are hurting. And that's why myself, along with Senator Kena and over 30 people on, on, on our working group that meet every single week, you know, we're just trying to elevate this, this issue. I also want to say the ACLU and here, the Rhode Island Federation of Teachers, so many organization, Adoption Rhode Island, Rhode Island Kids, Kids Count, these organizations, the Providence Public School, the Providence Teachers Union, and all these people. And let me say, we're working, that I'm working, myself and Senator Kano, we're working very closely with RIDE uh, and with the chairman. And, and hopefully, you know, we can get this thing passed this year. It's an emergency and we need to support our children. 
there's no question that I mean it's one of those things as well that's so apolitical. Like it, it, there's no political party or position or anything like that associated with supporting and and uplifting children, especially those in need. But I wonder yeah. what are the specifics? What what does the bill call for? What would be enacted should the bill pass? And and with that being the case, what what sort of support are you seeing within your chamber and then even over on the Senate side? Oh, we're, we're getting so much support for this bill in my chamber, the House of Representatives. And last week when I presented um, in the in the Senate, I mean, um, the, the senators were actually saying we've got to get this this on the floor for a vote. This is a really, really good bill. It's going to support teachers because um, think of it this way. When myself or other teachers hear what is happening to our students, for example, I'm going to give you a specific example. There was a standoff in in in, in walking distance from my house uh, uh, last month, and I was there welcoming the kids because I do breakfast in the morning. And this, you know, young lady came in. I said, "How are you?" And she took out her phone and she just started saying, "It was right where my dad lives." And she was saying that, you know, we were wondering if we hid in 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 in, in the bathroom, right? In the tub, if the gunshots would find us. Mm-hmm. And so when our students hear all these things and they tell us, so what do I and other teachers do with that? Where do we lay that to go and stand in front of our students and teach them? So this bill is going to support not just students, but teachers and the people who care for them. It's going to provide training for so many teachers, especially in the core urban areas. There's no secret that most teachers who teach in the city of Providence um, have not experienced the kinds of adverse experiences that our children experience. They just don't know, right? Right. And it's not that they don't care. Teachers care deeply, but they need to be adequately trained through professional development, through robust training in understanding what poverty is. What waking up, going to bed with gunshots and waking up to gunshots, what that does to your psyche and how does that impact your learning and your economic and social behavioral outcomes, not just now, but in the future. This bill will also ask for an advisory commission to work with, um, you know, to come up with a plan and strategies around what do we do as we implement a robust plan to support children and teachers in our schools and the people who care for them, the paraprofessionals as well? Yes, it, th- that is exactly it. It's it's making sure everyone in the orbit of of education, not just inside the school necessarily itself, but everybody ha- is on the same page. So exactly. you've got you've exactly. got you have the support of of the Providence Teachers Union. Um, what, what about students? Have you heard from student groups and, and in terms of their desire? Maybe they're not necessarily saying, hey, look, we need legislation passed and the mechanics aren't necessarily specifically laid out. But are you hearing specifically, for, specifically from students that there's a gap between whether it be teachers or other paraprofessionals and, and that knowledge and that that training would help them? Have you heard that at all? Yes, we are hearing that as well. And we are also working with Young Voices as well and other um, and, and students in my classroom, in my school, who are saying, we need this. 
they're not saying, oh, we need to pass a bill, we need to get legislation. That's not what I'm hearing. I am hearing that we really need help. We really need help, not just for ourselves, but our families. I had a student and this, you know, I'm telling you what I'm hearing. These are not hypotheticals. Uh, A student and and their dad, um, you know, they had been homeless for a while and she got into housing and then she was just worried about her dad, you know, because he was still sleeping in the car. So, Mm. you know, talk to me about how does this child come to school or how do children who are experiencing these kinds of trauma come to school in our classroom and we're expecting them to write essays and to do um, um, standardized testing, PSAT, SAT, or whatever the standardized test is. And so I, along with Senator Kano and the working group and all the folks who really support this piece of legislation, want to ensure that teachers and the people who care for them understand how to respond like what it is to be trauma-informed, but to take that a step further. How do you respond to this? Like, how do you respond to kids who are just hurting? Rhode Island and national politics, media, arts, and newsmakers. Bartholomew Town with Bill Bartholomew, Saturdays at 3 p.m. on News Talk 99.7 FM and AM 630 WPRO. Now back to B-Town. Yeah. And kids are hurting. And, you know, my generation, I can say for sure that, you know, there were supports in place and I went to school out certainly in, in a more rural area, but those resources were massively lacking. I can say from firsthand experience and, you know, you don't know what goes on in the home or in the mind of any one person. And when you have barriers to, it's like, we hear so much about right now, people who are screaming about oh, critical race theory or this right. book is inappropriate right. Right. and uh, just teach them the math and just teach them this. You're so far off from understanding what the role of schools are. Yeah, maybe back in you know 1685, right. it was reading, writing, arithmetic, but exactly. engaging mental health now, especially if you're a student who is maybe going through gender identity issues or like you yes. say, poverty Absolutely. at home, violence. Yes. Of course, it's the role of, of schools to intervene and assist in those moments. Yes, and it's the role of this community that we're trying to build up every single day. The role of this community to ensure that children are seen, right? And especially poor children, especially children that are trying to figure out gender identity issues, especially children that have been, they and their families have been marginalized for centuries, right? So this bill is so critical. And the really nice part about this bill that I really, really like, it's that when I got the the, the fiscal note from the budget office, there is zero implications to the budget. But Mm. listen how cool and exciting this is. And, And every time I see this, I mark it out, that we can actually secure grants and federal money, because this bill is so closely aligned to what is happening in Washington, D.C. So the state is strategically positioned to get funding through, once this bill is passed, which can be funneled down to the LEAs and to the school districts. 
to support kids. So it's really a, a win-win for all. And that is why I am so grateful for this opportunity to say, you know, we, we, we have to talk about this. This is not something that we can hide. And COVID have really ripped this whole thing open. But it's something that I have known for so long as someone who grew up in experiencing trauma from gun violence, experiencing trauma in my entire life from poverty, from, from not having enough food to eat. Although my family, my mom and dad worked so hard. And that is why it's, I call on the General Assembly as well to not just look at, you know, we've got to do this for kids because, you know, I'm, I'm the biggest cheerleader for kids, but we've got to support families mm -hmm. ensuring that they have a living wage, which, by the way, it's way past twelve dollars and twenty five cents. Oh my God. I mean, it's way past $19. It's exactly. It's, I don't know how anybody can get, and, and I, I don't think it's a good faith art when people say, oh, it should be, you know, 15 an hour is still too high. I mean, you, you can't be serious. You know what I mean? You just, you have to be looking yeah. at it from a completely unserious place and just saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm saying that because I'm afraid of what it's going to do to certain small businesses or whatever it may be. But I mean, come on, let's, let's be honest about it. It, it is. Let's be honest. Come on. Yes. You know, I, I I had one a young person said to me the other day that, you know, I'm really hungry. And I said, can you make a list of some of the things that you want? And this kid had vegetables on there, strawberries, chicken, hulus of noodles. And I I I I I had to chuckle. And one of the things on the list was, I just need some steak, you know? I need to have a little steak too. But on a serious note, um, families are hurting. Families are hurting badly. And teachers like myself and school administrators, we're actually stretched to the limit. We are stretched to the limit responding to our kids' needs while trying to teach them every single day. Teaching them the ABCs, but also responding to their mental, emotional selves and acknowledging that, you know, things are hard, but if you trust us, if you trust us, if you trust me, we're going to work as hard as we can to make sure that you're supported and that you're resilient. Bill, I'm talking to you today because people invested in me. People invested in this girl that it, one time or another, walked to school without shoes. One time or another, went to school without money for lunch. Right? And that's why another bill that I have to end lunch shaming in Rhode Island. Because yep. that's created uh, 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 um, trauma as well. Hunger, not having enough food. So this bill, I just want to re-emphasize just some of the things that it will do. It will ask to create a study um, advisory Commission, um, develop a trauma school, in fact, um, Schools Act implementation plan. And really, this bill, I think, and I stand corrected, you know, would be the first time that we're really looking, I think, 
at the implications of what trauma does and the intersectionality of race, gender, sexual orientation, zip codes, all of the above, looking at how those intersect with academic, social, and behavioral outcomes. Long past due and certainly something that I think the, that most people would, would be inclined to support. Hard to imagine, especially when you frame it with the grants. I mean, even fiscally conservative folks should be able to understand <laughs> that this is not something that should be so. delayed anymore. Um, yeah. Rep, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time and your advocacy. It's, uh, it's so important. And, and I know a lot of people appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you so much. We do this together, creating this beloved community that we want to see, especially though for our most vulnerable kids, the children or all of Rhode Island's children. So thank you so much for giving me the space just to talk about the Trauma Schools Informed Act. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my pleasure. Rhode Island's podcast of record, B-Town. Hey, if you want to support the Bartholomew Town podcast, well, a great way to do so is to click the support link wherever you're listening right now or head to patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town. It's where for as little as $3 per month, you'll be able to support the independent journalism, entertainment, opinion, and analysis that we provide here on B-Town. It's patreon.com slash Bartholomew Town.